We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to College to Canton, the perfect place for every college and NFL football fan. I am your host, Stephon LeCoe, joined as always by the OG, the creator himself, Travis May. You can find him at X and Twitter, I suppose, at FF underscore Travis M. I'm at Stephon LeCoe, Travis. We were just sitting here talking about all things college football, and I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to be recording this. <laughs> this is good stuff. We were, yeah. we were in the process of like I was just saying how I'm I'm going to the CU USC game this weekend. Mm-hmm. Super excited, um, and, and not in small part because I get to see Caleb Williams play. And we were just talking about elite quarterback performance, and then we started talking about Shador Sanders. And you were telling me something absolutely crazy, which is uh, that you firstly just that you chart sacks over expectation. <laughs> Because you're like, let's say you're a nerd, but then I'm I'm a major nerd. Yes. The the data you were sharing was also fascinating. So talk to us, please. Absolutely. Well, for listeners who are new, I know this year, uh, this time of year, we have many uh, new listeners to chime in. So welcome. Uh, We talk both college and NFL here on the College to Kenton show. Uh, The stories from beginning to end of all the best football players in existence. Uh, tonight we will be talking about some college football up front, but then we want to talk about some of these uh, NFL rookies and so yeah. uh, that are doing so well and some that aren't doing so well. But we'll get to that here shortly. But yeah, we were just diving into uh, the you know number one topic that has been you know it's really it's beyond college football and it is college uh, Colorado football and then Dion and, and Shadur and that story and how it kind of blew up this last week as they were just flat out embarrassed. It, it, to the nth degree <laughs> against uh you know a team who probably is in the mix to be a uh, title contender really this year so uh that, that game was a massacre but that that wasn't what we were talking about actually uh before we hit record we were talking about um how i build out a kind of sacks over uh over expected model every week and uh, part of what i do in terms of trying to predict the future uh for prospects at mojo is you know just really get into the nitty-gritty of all the the data when it comes to all the profiles at all the positions, but especially quarterback, um, you know, we, we've gotten a lot better at predicting the future when it comes to the, the position from an analytics perspective in like the last five or six years or so. Uh, real NFL teams, I feel like, are getting 
more involved in terms of how they uh, use analytics to make those quarterback selections more so than just, you know, concepts that were in play 20 years ago and sacks specifically pressures and how quarterbacks handle pressures and how they make uh, good or bad decisions against pressure. I wouldn't have had conversations with real NFL and analytics staffers. That's really crept up in terms of importance uh, in terms of how uh, teams draft and put, you know, any kind of quarterback prospect. So that's why we were talking about this in that uh, Shadur Sanders, you know, he has, everybody's heard at this point, you know, the Colorado offensive line is terrible and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that Shadur has to put up with all this and uh, whatever. Uh, but the thing is like, yes, uh, he's put up with an offensive line that is definitely below average and it didn't help his stats in terms of sacks that he played Oregon this past weekend. But even if you adjust for things, like the total number of dropbacks uh, a quarterback has, and he's had a bunch, like the second most in all of FBS among all quarterbacks, like over 200 dropbacks already. So he should have more sacks just given that. But if you adjust, and that's for pressure, also including that some teams have played an extra game. <laughs> like yeah, some exactly, teams have played a exactly. full game more. And he still has more snaps because he, they just they go about a thousand miles an hour offensively. Uh, but, you know, his pressure percentage is above average, but it's not the worst, actually, like not even close. Like the worst in FBS is like 47 percent pressure rate, uh, which is Old Dominion. It's pretty, pretty terrible. Uh, so uh, prayers up for Grant Wilson. Uh, but, uh, you know, nobody knows who that is probably. Uh, Connor Wagman is, is right. But Connor Wagman is, is now out maybe for the year because oh my, they just I know. Can't, he is. They can't protect him. Yeah. Like the pressure rate that they were giving up for for the Texas A&M was over forty two percent, like forty two percent of his snaps, that. he he was getting pressured. It's just wild, and a lot you know some of that can be on the quarterback as well, and that's what I want to get to, because Shadur's pressure percentage by con- comparison is uh, around thirty six percent, like about uh, over over a third of the time he, he's getting pressured um, on his uh, dropbacks, which is quite a bit. Uh, you know, FBS average is like thirty one percent or so, so it's it's above average, but it's not terrible. Um, but even so, when you adjust for the volume of snaps and dropbacks that he has, the pressure percentage, even if you uh, you know throw in some blocking grade numbers, which are not exactly stable to they to this point, um, you know his sack expect like his expected sacks this year uh, are in between thirteen and fourteen. Like we we should see, which is pretty bad. It's like the second worst among all FBS players because of the volume and everything. Um, but even so, he has twenty three sacks. Yeah, so he's that's crazy. been sacked above expectation, like nine or 10 sacks more than he should have taken, which is really sad. Like that's not, that's not good. So he's holding onto the ball way too long on top of already having a pressure rate that is slightly above uh, FBS average. So yes, we can make excuses. He doesn't have a great offensive line. That is true. Um, and they run a lot of plays. So he's going to have a lot of sack volume overall. Uh, but man, it's, it's a problem. A uh, major yeah. problem. So uh, if that's not well, adjusted this week against USC, it's going to be another long, long day for that uh, the hype machine that is Colorado football. Well, yeah, and like to put it in, uh, like looking at last week's game, like if you just look at the box score, Shadur Sanders had a rush of like twenty eight yards, yet he ended the day with negative thirty four yards rushing. Like that is <laughs> yeah. losing a lot of yards yeah. in sacks. So mm-hmm. it does show up um, in games, not only in him getting, t- not only in him taking a beating. It's also crazy that uh, he's in the game that this late into uh, a just absolute demolishing, and he's still yeah. there in the fourth quarter. Makes no sense to me if you want to win a lot of games this year. Because um, while I think we all knew CU 
wasn't going to put up much of a fight. I, I I hoped they would cover, but I didn't I didn't put any money on it. Yeah. Um, actually, that's not true. I did, <laughs> but, but like like half a unit, and just because I wanted to, um, so that I could say that I did if they won. Um, but like I'm not touching the line this week, you know. Yeah. Um, but I I do think that it's crazy that they keep him in that long because mm-hmm. there's just no like you, you can beat Stanford, you can beat Arizona State. These are teams that like if you have a healthy squad. If you don't, you don't want to you don't want to be uh, you don't want to finish the season with three wins. You yeah. know, like yeah, you don't want to go three and zero and then go on to and then go winless. And yeah. and I think it's interesting too because not many people. I think a lot of people adjusted their expectations of CU unfairly, and now CU's kind of paying the price. Um, but, you know, give me five wins, and I think it's a successful season for CU. Yeah, and you know what's funny? It's like that's what you're. That's what we were kind of saying before the year. It's like that would be a huge right. win. Like if yeah, if, if they even get close to bowl contention, that's a major win for Dion. And uh, the fact that they're definitely still on that track is incredible. And so what Dion has done is bonkers like it's, great. it's I, it, I mean it's like it's wild like it's never been done before and we might ne- never see something like this exactly ever again i mean probably not exactly like this where you got you got dion and his son and like a former number one overall you know player in his class who's and, injured and right a, now but it's just it's, 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 a it's, head it's, coach, it's so fun a head coach of a really good offense choosing to step down to be your offensive coordinator yeah. you yeah. know like good call by him a by the lot way of th- yeah i mean it was great and it was great by dion like staffing your squad so that like like dion's a defensive dude like staff your squad make sure that you can run something that's gonna work because yeah it it caught tcu off guard it was enough to beat nebraska it was enough to outpace colorado state Against yeah. good teams, not having a run game is going to hurt you. But in the beginning, like you can catch some people off guard and, and get a and steal a couple wins, honestly. Yeah. So, um, and that's been good, for, good for them. Yeah. And enjoy the game. Uh, and like you're going oh, to the game be awesome. this weekend. So that should be. Can't wait to see Caleb, man. It's going to be so good. Oh, yeah. Seeing Caleb Williams live is, is something else. And I did want to mention that because Jerry Rice will probably be there, right? Oh, yeah. Like you've got to think, right? Yeah. So that, that'll be a lot of fun to just kind of see that. Uh, and uh, they'll probably still have a lot of celebrities there. And so it should be a blast. Um, Jerry Rice was like my favorite player growing up. Like I was a 49ers fan when I lived in Africa oh, and nice. watching Jerry Rice in the Super Bowl. So like his son playing at USC and used to be at CU, like Brennan Rice transferred out, you know? Yeah. And Brennan Rice, by the way, there. had a, what a huge game last time. I mean, yeah. So he's actually playing well. So. So Pretty I'm cool. sure Jerry will be there. So I'm just, I'm hoping. <laughs> Not that I would do or say anything, but like, I saw Jerry Rice. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, absolutely, can, man. I digress. Yeah. Well, I mean, Caleb Williams and uh, I, props to Shadur and props to Dion. Uh, the hype just got out of control. I think it's probably nearing a better spot in terms of expectations at this point. But two guys whose ex- expectations uh, should be even higher than they are really moving forward. Uh, uh, Michael Penix, uh, Washington, and Caleb Williams of USC are just breaking college football right now. Like uh, their I offenses. I saw your tweet earlier. Today. I mean, it's, yeah. it's wild, dude. Like their 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 offenses are averaging over nine yards per play. Like the best offense in college football history averaged eight point six yards per play for the season. They're both over nine point two yards per play on offense right now, uh, which is through the roof. And just just quarterbacks alone. At the yards per play for Caleb Williams, it's like over 10.4. But the yards per play mark for Michael Penix is over 11.4 by That's himself. Nuts. 
What do you think? What do you think happens as we get into Pac-12 play? And I mean, like not like the Pac-12 defenses are amazing, but like Oregon State's a good defense. Like there's mm-hmm. and, and offenses are better too. Like they've been playing some softer schedules for the most part. Uh, do you think we see that drop down, or do you think these are like historic offenses? I think it's it's both. I think they're both ridiculous offenses with incredible quarterbacks, incredible schemes, uh, and you know, top three or four uh, receiving cores, perhaps in the country, like Washington for sure. Uh, USC's up there still for, as well uh, with quarterbacks who are going to be early draft picks. Caleb yeah. Williams, of course, going number one overall next year. And Michael Penix, I have no idea what, because the medicals uh, make it weird right. for him. But, uh, you know, he could be a first rounder, like when it's all said and done, if the medicals check out. I'm not sure that's going to be the case, uh, but he's should be the, the favorite to be the Heisman right now. And uh, just because of the, the, the numbers, so the efficiency, to everything. Um, so, yeah, those, those Real- two guys out of the Pac-12. I know, you know, people who are really ignorant like to say, well, they're it's Pac-12. It's like maybe 10 years ago there was something with the defenses that were that was worse. Uh, this year, that's not the case. So uh, they're just, you know, two of the best in the sport. And it's been a blast. Yeah, uh, it's fun that the Pac-12, I mean, it's ironic because it's like going to be the Pac-2 <laughs> next year. But yeah. uh, it's fun that we are kind of like stealing the spotlight finally. Um, and, and so and being like, I live like 20 minutes outside of Boulder and it's where I went to school. Like it's fun that CU is relevant and not only relevant, but kind of like for a while was like those first three weeks was like the spotlight of college mm-hmm. football. Uh, that was really cool. And like just Oregon being good and, you know, Caleb Williams and like you said, Penix, it's fun having the PAC 12 be uh be good yeah. and relevant and kind of exceeding expectations um we talked a couple weeks ago about roma dunze and you're like he's good i'm not even sure if he's the best wide receiver on the team i'm not sure if he's going to get first round capital he's been looking really good i think he's going to get first round capital at this point yeah Uh, i was curious like because i mean obviously like we have more data we have more mm -hmm. games and so Mm -hmm. of course our opinions are going to adjust and change i'm just curious where you're at with rome do you think it's still a little bit too early to make those final judgments or are you like, actually, yeah, this dude is going to get it. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to talk about all the takes that we probably will get to on our uh, mock draft special next week on the weather for right. like uh, looking ahead with the college, but I will say uh, Rome uh, is definitely at this point going to be a top 50 ish pick at, at worst, uh, worst case scenario. Uh, Cause you know, even if there's some kind of injury, I feel like he's, He's done enough uh, analytically speaking and to put it on tape to really just take a, another leap. He and Jalen McMillan and Jalen Polk even. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just been lights out. So Adunze uh, is probably going to be that dude when it comes to the NFL draft. There's it really it looks like there could be, you know, six guys. That I just are coming say, in the mix I have for first round. So many, I have so many Rome Adunze shares in Debbie. <laughs> Good so for you, excited. man. That's, <laughs> that's so, a huge win. He was so cheap. It was so cheap. Yeah, oh, I love it. That's great. Well, let's let's get to some <laughs> NFL rookies because uh, we'll we'll tackle. I kind of hinted at that just now, but we will be yeah. doing kind of a an early twenty twenty four mock draft special, uh, just looking at uh, some players who are proving themselves this year and what they've already done, and we'll, you know they're probably putting it together in a way that they're going to be a, a first and second round dynasty rookie pick for fantasy football drafts, uh, probably first or second or third round uh, NFL real NFL draft picks. Uh, so we'll we'll dive into that next week. But I do want to just say bravo to some NFL rookies that are already killing it, take, taking the next step to prove themselves that 
they're for real uh, at, at not only college but in the, in the NFL level and also kind of discuss some players that we might be a little bit dis- disappointed in uh to say the least but uh, the number <laughs> one player I mean that has to just I mean we've, we've talked about him a couple times already and uh and how impressive he's been um Puka Nakua uh has been incredible uh, I know he had a less than perfect uh last game but the entire offense for the Rams had a less than perfect showing. In fact, Nakua, if it weren't for that one late, uh, uh, late deep shot that I think did put him over the edge for his uh, prop. For those that uh, <laughs> do those uh, things, you know, you do those things. I mean, it's, it, it was uh, it was funny just to see the reaction in house at Mojo. I was like, oh, uh, but <laughs> that, that one that one play just sent him over. Um, but he he's been really impressive, uh, even in down games, still having. Uh, uh, incredible targets and uh, workload over the middle in the short game. Tutu has been the deep option for the Rams, and, and again, he's he's not a rookie, but he's he's but taken what, off. Dude, so, what uh, kind of great world is this that like Tutu Atwell is kind of hitting finally? Like, it's just yeah, kind lovely. of like he's a, he's just a legit hit at this point, which is incredible. Like he, but after like he, last he, year, you know, like I nothing, know. like no one knew who Tutu Atwell was coming mm-hmm. into this. I mean, not no one, but I mean like. Yeah, average and I was like doubling people. up any other receiver in air yards for the team. So like fun. it's just wild, and and that's with Pukanuku actually also going off. So, uh, and Kyron Williams, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> this yeah. offense, old, I love it. Yeah, I know old old Debbie favorites of ours, uh, just uh, going that off we thought and, had lo- that we thought we had lost, but we still yeah. held on to because yeah. it's friggin' Debbie. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who didn't uh, live in the weeds of uh, Debbie fantasy football for years, you might not know, but like we were really high, like, I don't know, like running back four ish in his class, and then the capital didn't happen because of size and athletic testing, uh, and then opportunity didn't happen because of those same, same reasons, most likely. But now it's finally here, and Kyron Williams is going off, and the Rams are just doing wonders. Uh, yeah. For our old takes, uh, this now point, we need so. now we need just to spoil everything. We need Stetson Bennett to take over and be like, wait, no, no, we didn't oh think he gosh. would hit. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, sorry, but yeah, it's fun hearing some of these names. You know, like that we that we we've been talking about and now seeing them yeah. have the opportunity and like really taking mm-hmm. advantage of it. And and people who you know weren't talking about guys like Puka Nakua now all of a sudden he's you know a fantasy household name. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, even after a down week, still having the the fourth most receiving yards among what any any receiver in the league. I mean, that's like fifth most even yards from scrimmage among any skill position player. Like the only that's amazing running back that has more yards from scrimmage than him is Christian McCaffrey, and that's I mean, it's Christian McCaffrey. So yeah, <laughs> what, so, what do you expect? So right now he is the fourth odds-on favorite to win Rookie of the Year at plus mm. seven hundred. Yeah. Do you think that's uh do you think he should be fourth, you know, first and foremost? And mm. would you want to put a couple dollars on plus seven hundred? Or does I would probably prefer that to be value. higher. I that's yeah. not like a ton of value just because of like what he's already done. And uh, you know, if, if Cooper Cup ever does come back, <laughs> right. Um, I think he's only gonna be in a further downward trajectory. Or if Stafford um, gets hurt again, like oh yeah, or if that, Stafford gets hurt, hurt again, or if they yeah. continue to feed like the majority of the team's air yards to Tutu Atwell, um, he's gonna miss out on opportunities there. Like is he almost kind of had a bad game overall. He just had a lot of underneath stuff. And then Higby's actually kind of coming into his own as well. Like he was kind of a more of a more of a focal point. I guess it is more of a matchup based uh usage of the tight end it seems with the Rams and as it is with many teams. But uh, yeah, I think that there's there's not a ton of um, ton of value there because uh, 
it's too many quarterbacks Stroud. out there. Honestly. I mean, Cedric <laughs> yeah. Stroud is just going to win it. Like that's all there is to it. I like, I actually have like, a contrary he's gonna, take. He's just going to coast at this point. Like I I don't think Houston's going to win that many more games. Yeah, I but think Damian Anthony Pierce Richardson, was up there, and they were trash last year. Like he, I like, think he Anthony cruising. Richardson is the dude who I want to put at better than double the odds at plus six hundred. Mm. I think he's going to come back and play this week. Um, and, and I think just seeing how good he looked that first half in his last game before he got injured, if he can mm-hmm. stay healthy, I think he's going to put up stupid numbers. And I think Indianapolis wins more games than Houston here on out. And, and I kind of like, I mean, I'm going to put a couple bucks on both of them. Let's you know me, but, uh, give me the two best performing quarterbacks and I'll, and I'll take it against the field. So I kind of like Anthony Richardson sneaky at plus 600. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be fun. Like, he's he should add, in theory, some value with his legs. He has the athleticism to do it. And Stroud, that's not really been his game. What's funny right. to me, though, like, profile-wise, even coming out, like, Stroud basically never ran. And if you compare their, like, EPA per play uh, numbers, like, they're pretty close at the at the peak um, of uh, Stroud and, and Richardson and Young. Their profiles, like, their peak seasons and peak performance windows, like, you know, six-game windows, however you want to break it down. Uh, but like Stroud is doing it with just his arm. Like, yeah. and that's, that's why he was always the best quarterback in this class because one analytically speaking, his, you know, his adjusted production at the quarterback position from any angle uh, was like 99th percentile. Um, and we were just concerned because in this day and age, like he, he needs to add some more value with his legs, but if he does anything at all with his legs, what he's already done with his arm is going to the numbers that he's going to put up passing are going to be absurd. Like they're going to be behind sure. a bunch too. Like he's just going to have to just eat the ball downfield. Like take Dale's down there somewhere. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so there's just, he's already wild. Like he, he's already fit the passing yards. He's basically perfect. No picks, you know, four, four touchdowns already, I mean, which is not crazy in terms of totals, but um, he, he's looked really good in the past couple of games. So his efficiency numbers are going to be just, just off the charts. So it's, it, if Richardson's going to have to do a lot, uh, Bryce Young is going to have to do a lot to even sniff getting close uh, at this point to to what Shroud's probably going to put up from a raw numbers standpoint. And sadly, that's what in many cases decides these awards, despite you know that not being the, the, the maybe the best process. Well, I could see Anthony Richardson just getting a lot more touch, like total touchdowns. Um... We'll see. We'll see. Again, I, 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 I would more times out of like I think CJ Stroud probably wins it, but at plus six hundred, I just like that. I just like that yeah. number for for AR. Yeah. Um, yeah, you 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 mentioned Bryce Young. Do you think like do you think he'll get the job back when he's healthy, or do you think Andy Dalton after that performance they might let Bryce sit a little bit? No, nah, this. I mean. I think the NFL has gotten a lot smarter, it, uh, except for the Packers, uh, it, it realizing that you don't have to sit your quarterback for three years or whatever to, uh, yeah. before they're ready to go. Um, you, you're not going to learn sitting on the bench. I'm sorry. Like, that's just not – I know that was that was a cute thing before. And I, maybe you don't want to ruin your quarterback if, if the rest of your team are. is trash. Uh, yeah. Um, or like, you know, like the Bears are doing as well. Uh, but they just don't even have an offensive scheme. Uh, so that's a whole different issue. Uh, but the Panthers just don't have enough help. Around, I, they they panicked and were like, "Oh crap! The 
the the next best you know scheme to you know, scheme diverse, role diverse, big body wide receiver, Jonathan Mingo. We just got to take him, but he's not really been the answer and he's not going to be the answer. Um, like his, his usage was really fun at Ole Miss. Like he, he actually lined up in line tight end, like over, over 15, 15% of the time in his peak season or his final season. And, uh, you know, he was an X receiver, slot receiver. Like he does a lot of things. And I think they'll be creative in how they try to deploy Mingo, but I just don't think he's going to be an NFL you know, elite difference maker because he wasn't even right. in college. Like he wasn't even the most productive wide receiver on his own team in his last year. Um, yeah. So they, they, they're just really slow. Like Thielen is just, he's, you know, for fantasy purposes, it's been cool, uh, but he's slow at this point. They, they, they don't have anybody like Chark used to be a four, three guy. Um, and he seems to be able to separate still deep, but um, that might be the only good deep option that they have. Uh, and that's not a great one. So, what do you think about Hayden Hurst just sticking with fantasy? I mean, he's he's like, I mean, he was old when he came into the league, and he's always been overrated. So, as a receiver, <laughs> um, like he's not. You know, I've always had a. You know, I've always had a soft spot for him, though. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, you know, yeah. Hayden Hurst. <laughs> Let me just <laughs> try. Yeah. I try. No, they they just need. He help. has he has me on that's payroll. Really. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so I think he gets a job back. I think he's going to figure it out. Um, he, he's another guy who checked all the boxes analytically speaking. Um, wasn't perfect. You know, I would like to see him just add more value with his legs, but also if you're that small, you also want to just stay healthy. So I get it uh, for yeah. him. But, Question um, for you. From like a mojo perspective, um, if you yeah. – we're not in your position or maybe from your position. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to ask this question, but where would you, who, which one of these three quarterbacks would you be investing your money in? Or who do you think people should invest their money in? Is my question like, do you understand my, like, yeah, I do. You know I, and I don't even think I'm technically allowed to answer it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say I've always enjoyed CJ Stroud. And it, it is funny because like the values don't always align with what I, I think because it's a market. It's driven by right. a lot of buying action. And so, it is interesting. CJ Stroud is still not uh, up to Bryce Young's value, but they're very close. Um, they did kind of flip flop a couple of times right before the NFL draft. But I think I've I've kind of always been um, within fantasy, uh, you know, lean Stroud in general as is. Like I even last year in a startup, uh, before you know, a year before their draft, I, I selected Stroud um, just because I like the elite passing profile and his ability to be pinpoint accurate at all levels of the field. I would have loved to see him be more successful from an uh, improvisation standpoint within his game. Uh, but I think we saw that in the playoff last year uh, against Georgia. And so when he's really pressed, he can do it. And so I think he's already showing he can do that now because he, he doesn't have a perfect surroundings either. And his best receiving options are Nico Collins, who is okay, and Tank Dell, who's a rookie, who's an impressive rookie. And we should probably talk about him too. Um and because we really shouldn't be surprised that he's doing well, given that Tank Zell was like the guy that CJ Stroud wanted uh, the team to draft because they understood, hey, we don't have a lot of firepower to add a bunch of early round weapons for you because we, you know, got you. Uh, but right. he's like, okay, well, then go get this dude. Uh, and I remember like, oh, that's that's interesting that he wanted Tank Dell out of all the mid round projected receivers. Um, but, you know, even then, it's, it's still rookie. So he's, yeah. And Dalton, Dalton Schultz is clearly a shell of him of whatever he was at uh, at Dallas. So, right, um, not perfect surroundings there either, and he's still exceeding expectations. 
Yeah, and I think it was actually a trick question because it's it's none of them. It's actually the fourth quarterback that I want to talk about, Will Levis. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> remember Even when today. people remember oh when gosh. people were hyping him up? I mean, come on. My favorite was like where the experts were. <laughs> some fake expert on Reddit was like, "Will Levis is going to number one overall." So and so said that they called him and 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 they're going to take him. Ugh. And it's like, no, he didn't even go first overall in the second round. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. my I'm Titans, uh, I would love them to start Will Levis right now or Malik Willis right now to ensure that they lose every remaining game yeah. and just go. I don't care that we took quarterbacks in the last two years. Get killed. Get the right one. Get, yeah, exactly. Get the, get the right but, one. But uh, I'm going to live in that fantasy land until uh, it's no longer mathematically possible. But uh, let's let's do. I mean, we we talked about the three quarterbacks, three and a half quarterbacks because Will Levis only cast his half. Uh, and you know, take Dell receiver. I yeah, mean, like Puka Nakua. We talked about him. He's been incredible as a receiver. But in the last couple of weeks, Tank Dell has gone all the way off. And uh, my goodness, man! Like already being uh, what twelfth in in receiving yards uh, on the year uh, as a rookie, uh, having two hundred fifty through your first three games uh, is just wild. And uh, so, like already looking like he could become the lead wide receiver on his team. Uh, and and being the at, at the weight that he is, he was always kind of like an you know quote unquote outlier projection given his weight whatever. But man, he he kind of killed it in like an alpha role at Houston for two seasons in a row, like back to back thirteen hundred plus seasons. Yes, it was against lower level competition, but man, he he killed it throughout bowl season, senior bowl season. He was hyped up. I was like, uh, eh, is he that guy that gets overhyped this year at the, at the senior bowl? He was. He apparently deserved every bit of that, man. Because uh, and and I didn't rank him high enough. Like I, I had him inside of round two or whatever, barely of my rankings. Uh, but that's not high enough. High enough because he's clearly, clearly. I mean, like at this point, it looks like a uh, you know kind of first round rookie pick equivalent, uh, or at least uh, looking like that so far. So far, yeah. I mean, but it's interesting too because well, maybe it's not. You tell me. Uh, his first his first game, he had a. Um, he had a 9% target share. And then these last two weeks, he's had a 24% target share. Yeah. So that's, that's quite a jump, you know? So mm-hmm. are these last two games, the new norm? Should we expect 24% or should we not be surprised if it drops down to 9% and then it's back up to 15 and then 24 and then nine. And maybe it's not something that, I mean, it's such a small sample size and it's early in the season. I get a little bit nervous of buying into quickly also, I will add that I didn't watch a whole lot of football this last Sunday. So I'm, and especially this Houston Jacksonville game, when I saw what was going on as a Jaguars fan, I wanted nothing to do with it. So, so I did miss out on some of that. Um, so that is a caveat. But do you have any fear that, because like after week one, it was just like four targets, three receptions, 30 yards, not a big deal. Mm. And no one was talking about him. Uh, but now back to back big games, is that a trend or is that, are, the, are those kind of outlier performances? You know, oftentimes we see like a, a tale of uh, two halves with the season for these rookies. Um, you know, they, they kind of underwhelm for like the first half of the rookie year, and then it starts to slow down. Their target share goes up, their snap share goes up, everything goes up like at the halfway point of the year. But we've already seen him like earn it. Like, look, I'm I'm a quarter of this offense. Like, I'm here to stay. And the thing is. They don't have a bunch of other good options. I kind of, kind of right. already hinted at that. Nico Collins is an okay, but not alpha wide receiver uh, for the Texans. Schultz is not really a trustworthy guy to go downfield to ever. Like that's not been his thing. Uh, the backs that they have with Singletary and Pierce 
they can catch passes, but that's not really their thing. Like Pierce has nine targets through three games. Okay, whatever. That's not really like an elite pass catching profile, uh, or at least it doesn't look like it right now. Singletary, same deal. Like he's not like a prolific receiver. So who else are they going to throw to? Like where's where are the deep deep targets going to go to? Um, and I would imagine I haven't charted uh, or updated the uh, like the poll of uh, you know the the separation numbers. But who else on the team is going to have consistent separation? Um, Woods. You know, you know, so it's just. Yeah, I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of guys that I, I would trust on, on that on that squad. So, to me, it's just like, man, he's in prime position to see an absolute ascension in terms of his uh, dynasty value for fantasy purposes and just real NFL projection for the rest of his entire career. Uh, and he, yeah, because so, he's also linked to a quarterback who you were just uh, suggesting might have the he's on elite upside. trajectory. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. like, we don't see passers have this immense success right away either like like people wanted to throw trevor lawrence in the dumpster like after his you know first year uh and and it seems like well people are just impatient in general at this point but if a player's not immediately elite we're like oh they're bad then um but when they are elite we should probably pay attention because uh, he's probably going to be that way all year long i would say 20 percent uh, you know target market share uh, area market share is the absolute floor for most weeks going forward so for both fantasy purposes and uh, real NFL projection purposes, I, I mean, it just makes sense to buy high right now in this moment and knowing that it's still going to go up. Yeah, and and just for those of you who may be interested, uh, Tank Dell is still pretty, pretty cheap in DFS on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, if, like, Nico Collins is still more expensive than him, you know? So uh, kind of a fun way to uh, get a piece of an offense that we think could be uh, explosive, so... Um, or at least a combination of players, a a player who could be Uh, another wide receiver. I'd love to talk talk to you about because it's one of my favorite teams to watch that really confused the hell out of me this last weekend. Um, The Baltimore Ravens and Zay flowers. He's another guy with, with, he's had two games where he's, he's had double digit targets and then Mm -hmm. um, week two where he only had five. He has not yet had um, a hundred yard game. He has not yet scored a touchdown, but he does seem to be involved in the offense. I mean, you he had week one, he had a 48% market share down to a 15 and then a 33% market share. Uh, it's a maybe a lower passing offense. Um, it's I'm still trying to figure out what Todd Munkin's trying to do. I feel like every game they've been in has been kind of odd. <laughs> so so where are you with Zay Flowers? Where are you with Baltimore in general? Yeah, his thing is like his overall weighted opportunity ratings uh, fine. Uh, week one was really solid. Um, he had a couple of deep targets in week uh, week two, but overall, like his average of the target is just so low. Like he's been adding yak, but it doesn't really matter because the targets are like within two or three yards of the line of scrimmage in many cases. Yeah, and so like he only has really... four targets over fifteen yards. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I I think I can kind of like picture all of them. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And it's mean like, three for four of them, you know. So like yeah. for ninety three yards, let's keep doing yeah, that. But maybe. in terms, yeah. But when your yards per reception is like of all like the top forty wide receivers in the league in terms of production so far, like you have the lowest yards per reception, like that's not great. Um, yeah. For for fantasy purposes, uh, it's not great for real football purposes. I think he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna get a lot of volume, and I, I would hope that his role expands as as we go throughout the year. But he's somebody that after four more weeks of this, 
where he's like, you know, still around 10 yards per reception, maybe, um, you know, people get frustrated. I would look and, and go fishing and see if I can uh, go grab him before his week nine or 10 kind of explosion when it comes down the stretch, when things can like slow that. down. He's really, in, you know, completely engaged in two or three different roles within the offense. Um, because that, that's how teams really roll in many cases with these rookie receivers. They kind of expand the role as they go. That's, that's right. more common than Tank, Tank Dell blowing up in week two and three. Uh, so Zay, I mean, they want to shovel him and get him all the opportunity that he can so he can learn fast. Uh, and his targets have been great, um, quality targets in many cases. Unlike some other people, like his, his catch rates, like I think almost 90% or something crazy right now. So um, just a lot of promise, but uh, we just have to be patient with him because I think he still could could be the wide receiver one in the class when it's, when it's said and all said and done, which is you know high praise considering where we were with him just a year ago. Like I was like, oh man, he could be a top five wide receiver in the class if we you know if everything everything goes right. Um, but you know to finish in in the wide receiver one overall conversation from a real draft standpoint, and even now like the opportunity, it's pretty close to looking like it could be on that same trajectory. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, what to your point, he is uh has 21 of 25, like he's 21 receptions on yeah, 25. Like 84%. Targets, you know, like that's yeah, I mean, yeah. So fantastic. he's converting a lot. It's easy to it pitch and catch stuff, but still to your point, his air yards per target is 4.8, which according to yeah, this that's... graphic on Rotoviz <laughs> is 89th. 89th, not ideal. Yeah, that's very but low. he does he does have the 13th highest team target share. So you know, yeah. there's pros and cons, but but that's why he's the in this type of conversation and not the conversation mm-hmm. as like where Tank Dell is already doing it. Another guy that I'd love to hear your thoughts on, kind of sticking in that same uh, position, Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison. He kind of broke my heart uh, in a DFS last week. I I, I uh, pivoted off Justin Jefferson and went with Jordan Addison um, in that pro- projected <laughs> shootout, but <laughs> it's not about me. um what what are your thoughts on jordan addison again um had a had a really nice week one and week two i thought um and uh then just you know it's a rookie receiver so what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts here um again you know he he's had a double digit target share like a 15 11 17 target share um and uh you know first two weeks he started off the year with touchdowns still hasn't gotten over 100 yards um still has not eclipsed um let's see uh eight targets in a game so thoughts on addison here in this vikings offense that doesn't is not fearful to pass it yeah i will say real, real quick one last note on zay i think if i was going to try to compare his arc of, produ- of production uh, to anyone else that has recently emerged into dynasty wide receiver one territory i would compare him to amon ross st brown Oh yeah, that's a good one. Different capital, obviously. Amon Ra was a five-star wide receiver. We all, who, all the people who have been doing this for a long time, knew he was really good, and his capital was stupid. Uh, like he should have gone earlier. And looking at you, Titans, he was still on the board when they took like <laughs> race, racy McMath, whatever. Uh, anyway, that's um, that's for bitter me later. But uh, like his his efficiency was really bad. Uh, his first year, like he was, he finished his rookie year at, like barely ten yards per reception. His targets were okay, um, good really, uh, but not like elite alpha numbers where he is kind of now. So I think he could develop into a more typical wide receiver role, um, but he's just probably not there yet. Uh, but Addison, uh, he's actually had kind of more prototypical usage and some downfield options. Not not as many targets actually, 19 targets I think on the year or 20 targets. Uh, 
something like that. Um, 19. Yeah. From what okay, I'm yeah. At, but yeah. But yeah, when you are uh, kind of the second or third fiddle, uh, because you've got a top five tight end on your team and you have maybe the best wide receiver in the league on your team. Um, and really at this point, proven vet in KJ Osborne, like he was still not even yep. snapping him initially. Uh, it's just going to be tough to climb that totem pole target totem pole to where you're seeing uh consistent uh, production to be more than, you know, kind of a, a really good flex in, in many cases. So if it weren't for the two touchdowns, like he would be nowhere right near uh, fantasy production that we want to see, but it's good that he actually had that, that had the scores. So I hope he, um, you know, gets gets more targets and you know completely usurps uh, Osborne. Uh, but I, clearly, uh, Osborne, um, and it goes back to like that, that conversation we had about pipeline kids. KJ Osborne was somebody who like there's just no reason that he actually worked out in the NFL. Like he didn't do anything ever, but like he was just in Miami. Like he was just kind of the wide receiver one ish guy for like a year or two but he didn't really put it together in elite in elite ways. But the thing is like he was one of those flag football 77 kids pipeline school kid. That was just like high, high pedigree nonsense for forever. Um, and it, it just kind of clicked. Like it, it's just one of those guys who's like, he's mastered the position. Like he's got 10,000 hours, you know? <laughs> so it's, yeah. Uh, and so it's just, it's tough to usurp somebody who's got that much experience um, and has been that dude for so long. Uh, even if it is that dude, being the wide receiver two or three on his own team. So I think he'll get there, but he's going to be one of those second half breakouts. Uh, and we probably haven't seen the the lows of the low that we will for Addison to date, but don't let that discourage you and don't go selling him because uh, he's going to see an, an emergence uh, second half for sure. Do you mind if I ask you about someone I'm kind of concerned about that I have a lot of exposure of? That's one Jackson Smith and Jigba (laughs) who only has two receptions of more than five yards uh, Mm. down the field. um, According to Rotoviz's number here. And, and, and and with those two receptions, he's also only been targeted there um, seven times on the season. Um, I'm concerned. I don't know if this is just that Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf are too much for him to overcome or it's so early. Are you panicking? I mean, we're not panicking in the sense that we're going to, you know, drop him in leagues. Uh, but are you panicking and like in a redraft league? Are you worried? No. Uh, in, uh, well, in a redraft league, it's just you didn't really have much reason, I think, in my opinion, to take him where he was going. Sure. Just, yeah. So in, in Dynasty, no. Uh, I think we just kind of, to me, I just kind of saw all the landing spots of the, the first three guys and was like, man, there's just no chance. They're going to be like true alphas in year one. That's that kind of stinks, you know, um, just because of the the talents around them. Uh, I like the opportunity because you know, uh, you know, I guess coverage is pulled away from them, but the team hasn't seemed super interested in enforcing targets as wages yet. So, right. with that said, um, I, I could see him being a second half player as well. Uh, and I'm not worried because I know the profile was just incredible, immaculate, really. Um, <laughs> and I think we mentioned this on a pod like a month ago, but like he was one of those guys again. Well, it, one pipeline kid, like five star, ridiculous yeah. uh, talent, but also, you know, had a 2000 plus yard season in high school. Like he, Marvin Mims, and Puka Nakua all had like 2000 plus 
ridiculous yeah. high school seasons. Like they were like that dude for forever. And then they, he goes to Ohio state and is again, that dude. Um, and has two first round teammates basically just be like, yeah, he's, he's better than us. And I know that people have probably heard that a lot at this point, but I, I'm going to believe in that, that talent uh, to emerge. Okay. I'm just nervous because he he doesn't have the target share or the air yards at this point. No. So, uh, and so he's at least confidence. promising for sure. I mean, if I had to rank them yeah. right now, it would be Zay first, uh, Jordan Addison, uh, then I guess Jackson Smith and Jigba, then uh, Quentin Johnson. You know that like the, the yeah. You know, the top tank Tank first right now, or Puka first. Who's first for you right now? If you kind of think of rookie or dynasty wide purposes. For dynasty like career long, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't put. I mean, Puka's hot. You know, he's high, but not that high. You know, I'm not going to put him over first rounders like that after three games. Just cannot do that from a process standpoint for me. Tank is in the mix, but honestly, like, I think given how much the team wants Zay to work, obviously, I think Zay's it. Like at this point, I like, like he is probably the the one right now. If I was going to bet like on any it. of them, you know, just to be that guy and and to have. Uh, significant impact in year one and beyond um yeah so as as the team continues to embrace munkin's scheme and uh continues to air it out more um i like zay to be the, the number one but I, I do think for redraft it, there's definitely an argument to, to say look tanks just got a really great opportunity and there's no other options and so for redraft purposes tank might be your one yeah that's fun uh you want to jump over to running back let's do it but first a word from our sponsors We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. Let's talk about running back. We don't often end with running back, but I kind of like this. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start? I mean, I uh, on Ready Bet Action, uh, my betting podcast. That are you going to join me later tonight to do two picks or so? Absolutely. We re- I love it. So on Ready Bet Action last week, I bet uh, just a little sprinkle on Bijan Robinson to lead Sunday in rushing. That 
did not happen. Not even close. Uh, but I was excited against that on that in that Detroit game on the turf. I love Bijan. Uh, where are you on him after three games? He's seen quite a lot of usage in games where it demanded it. What do you think about him? Is he hitting our expectations, exceeding them? I don't think he's disappointing mm-hmm. you at this point. No, it's hard to exceed the expectations that many had for Bijan Robinson, which was, hey, look, redraft. He's a first-round pick. Oh, look, he's, you know, like since last November, he's the dynasty running back one. Like the the expectations yeah. were um, going to be hard to live up to. And the first week that the Falcons were like, yeah, we're going to, you know, give a bunch of touches to Tyler Algier. <laughs> uh, and it was like, oh, great. The Falcons are going to yeah. figure out how to ruin Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson. <laughs> but no, his his usage has been incredibly promising in terms of like routes run uh, on the trash targets that, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter's floating around the field. Uh, but his, More targets his usage, than Jackson Smith and Jigba to this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got 17, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and overall, you are some scrimmage uh, already over 300 on the year, which is fourth among running backs. Uh, behind, frankly, two f- wild surprises to me. or uh, Sorry, fifth on the year. Three wild surprises, uh, no less. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey. The, the three wild surprises being James Cook, DeAndre Swift, and Raheem must start. That's, must that's, start, uh, yeah. Yeah, must start. But Thanks. seriously, boiler up, by the way, man. Raheem Moster it was actually a Purdue guy. I think he was oh, a I freshman. Didn't know that. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a freshman, I think, when I was a senior. Uh, and he was just like, he didn't, I think he had a he couple of really He learned from you awesome. is what I'm hearing. That's, yeah, that's what it was <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, but no, he, I think he, he did a couple like return plays that were like, oh, that's cool. He's, he might be, might be promising. And that was it. Like, and then I was graduated, but he was the only thing going like him and uh, Akeem Hunt, uh, who was a bad running back for the Texans for a little bit. Uh, anyway, it just, for, for him to be in the league at this point, age 31, yeah. and to be just like, hey guys, I'm just going to, you know, have four touchdowns and just go off. Uh, it was incredible. Like, and he's not a rookie. I just, as, as, boiler up, man. Like, that's Purdue players suck. Like, they just don't. This was the only week this year. Like, I didn't, oh my gosh. This was the only week this season I didn't play him in DFS. Oh my god. I gosh. played him week one and week two. Yeah. So just uh, amazing. Just and then we'll get to De- <laughs> Devon A. Chain in a moment. But yes, please. Wow. Mo- <laughs> wow. Most of it. But anyway, Bijan Robinson. Uh, he's going to be if he hasn't. I mean, he still is the dynasty running back one uh, right now. Uh, if he isn't right there for you in your rankings, I'm not sure what we're even doing. Uh, yes, McCaffrey is going to be a freak for uh, probably two more years. Um, yeah, something like that. Uh, we should see elite production for him for a little while longer, being that he is just still 27 years old. And guys with his profile uh, tend to have uh, long shelves and and uh, shelf lives longer than normal. Um, and just keep doing it for a while. So maybe I, I wouldn't knock you if you wanted to rank uh, McCaffrey over him, but he's that's it, that's it. Um, so age wise, uh, you got to look at Bijan being twenty one and think, okay, that's he's it. Got some time. <laughs> so it, it's impossible to live up to the expectations that we had. And the Falcons are an absolute dumpster fire, but it doesn't matter. Like he's he's still getting his, and his opportunity's crazy. Um, and what adds value immensely is his receiving as well. So yeah, to me, it's been fun to see. Yeah. I think it's, it's only going to get better from this point on. So I know he only quote unquote only has uh 315 yards in scrimmage right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he had uh well over 1800 uh, yards in scrimmage at season's end. 
zero touchdowns rushing so far. He does have a receiving touchdown. I think that changes very soon. Yeah, well, you got to actually get close in many cases. to. to and and when you get close, not give it to Tyler Algier in week one. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would um, be nice. Let's talk about this. the second running back off the board in the draft um, and someone who – you know, he's uh he's he's been kind of up and down. He had a nice um game last week against Atlanta, and that's Jameer Gibbs. Um where do you think he's at? Again, uh his uh he only had I mean, he went from nine targets in week two in that Seattle game down to one, which really, really surprised me last week, but he did make up with it um with a lot of uh, volume on the ground. Where are you at with Jameer Gibbs? Do you think he's someone um like trustworthy right now obviously we're not panicking or anything we're probably kind of excited for a long-term projection i'm guessing yeah yeah this week i it was i got lit up from a few lions fans that were disappointed in my tweet but i said something like you know i i quoted the video of them selecting Gibbs i saw that tweet. yes and uh and said man you know the, the reaction when you take a running back inside like the first round and give him a, a 6% target share, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, come on guys. Crazy. I, 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 he had, but the thing is he actually had some pretty su- solid success on the ground. He had like a half dozen carries over five yards, which was really promising. And uh, they just need to realize, Hey, he's an elite receiving option at out of the backfield. You need to get him more targets. He's probably your best, second best receiving option on the team. So uh, let's, let's see that go up because we need more. Uh, out of uh, Gibbs, like he's just way too good. So I think it'll continue to rise and uh, they'll fix his target share and, and realize, holy cow, we just need to manufacture touches because he's he's just too good. So um, promising on the ground. Uh, Got to see more receiving action, but it's going to it's going to happen. Like the, the Lions clearly want him to be, uh, you know, a focal point. You know, they, they were a little stubborn in terms of how they used um, Montgomery early on this right. year, but. You know, just easing him in, getting up to the you know full one hundred percent ready in the scheme, and then we'll be good to go. You mentioned Devin uh, at chain earlier. Week one, he was out. Uh, week two, saw very limited action against New England, just one rushing attempt and one target. Mm-hmm. Then against Denver, he explodes. Now let's not forget that Denver's defense is not the Denver's defense of old. They've been terrible all year. But, I mean, he got 18 rush attempts, over 200 yards. He had four targets and four receptions, by the way. He mm-hmm. has five targets and five receptions, which I always love that. <laughs> um, was, I mean, this is probably going to be anyone's best year. You know, like best game of the year, you know, like for the average running back, having a 200-yard game, yeah, that's probably your best one. But do you think we see um, him remain a focal point of this offense? Do you think he is second fiddle to Raheem Mostert. Do you think it's a 1A, 1B or 1A, 1A? Where, where, where are you with this? Are you ready to dive all in? Or, I mean, because, I mean, you were already, already a have. huge, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you were already a huge fan. Yeah. I mean, um, so is this like confirmation bias or do you think even if you weren't already in on him, this was enough? Uh, I think you you and I have been in on him for quite some time. I, I remember us just discussing even when uh, he and Spiller were still in college. It's like, yeah. Hain's like the better running back, you know. It's like even I don't know two or three years ago that was the case. Um, he was just ridiculously efficient, uh, and he somehow somehow maintained absurd efficiency. Uh, 
or the expectation, especially last year, you know, in Texas A&M's kind of weird, bad offense, having, you know, well over 200 touches and no one yeah. else even had 50 on the team. Like he was just the entire offense that made it go. You know, if only he was a few pounds heavier, then he'd be good, right? Um, right. Just so many ignorant takes, like so many horrible, horrible takes about his weight. Uh, that like, I get it. It's like, oh my gosh, you're teaching me something right now. Small backs, uh, we don't have a large sample of them succeeding in the NFL. What? No way. You're teaching me. I, I had no idea. <laughs> Blowing my mind right now. Like, that's like, maybe we should think of like, hey, why could he hit rather than, hey, he can't hit and I'm right. smart because I'm telling you something that everyone knows. Um, like, I just, they got really old. Like, I just straight up asked, like, can we give any reason beyond his, his, height and weight that you know he's not going to succeed and like well but he's small um just over and over and over it's like guys just stop and um yeah that would really help them this week if he was you know five or ten pounds heavier that that right you know, imagine if um, yeah so that 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 rants over but he um yeah he's, Do you he's think gonna continue this 11 yard per carry pace i think he i think he can because at, at worst he should maintain a you know one B role at this point. Yeah. Um, most it's fantastic, but he's gotten hurt a lot um, over his career. And so right. has just Jeff Wilson. Um, and so there was always opportunity this year because of the injury history there um, and play style of those two in general. So, yeah, I think if, if there are any other injuries, he could take a full feature back load because he did so in the sec um, last year. And um, if if he doesn't, I think that eleven you know carries per game is is repeatable. I think he's not. Is he going to be a seventy percent you know bell cow owner you know type of back this year? That's that that's rare at all anymore, and I don't think so. Uh, and this is probably his best game of the year. But I would have no problem rolling him out in uh, you know my second flex and in, in leagues that require it. Yeah, well, I, I like that a lot. Do you want to talk about any other um, running backs, or do you want to hit Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid for for hey. a few minutes? <laughs> definitely. I mean, I definitely want to hit both of those. Um, no, I, I think that we covered a few players that kind of at every position, and we could, you know, talk about Marvin Mims because you know he's been ridiculously efficient, like twenty eight yards per catch. But we won't not use a ton him of volume yet. We're not going to use yeah. him. Why use yeah. our explosive yeah. players when we can just yeah. let them Don't. rest? Yeah, just <laughs> save him, I guess. I guess if they are tanking, uh, which they should be, um, that that makes sense. Just don't put yeah. your best players in, and uh, just tank because they're already like second in line to have the first overall pick at this point. Do um, they keep it this year, or do they, is it part of that Russell Wilson trade that they traded? Away no, they, I think they own their. Uh, I think they own their first. So. Okay, good for them. Um, it will be funny when they draft Caleb Williams number one overall, and that's how they can afford Russell Wilson is because they're able to pay their other their starter not too much because he's on a rookie deal. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, I will say I, I would like to see more, more. We didn't really – I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but I, I would love to see more work for Zach Charbonnet. It's tough when Kenneth, well, Kenneth Walker is doing what he's doing as well. Um, but man, that's just like, we kind of were worried about the landing spot and, uh, yeah. that's coming to fruition. It's like, that's really frustrating. And it's just um, more, it's just so confusing why the Seahawks would use such draft capital on a player like that. And then, I mean, it's only been three games. I know Kenneth Walker will probably be hurt. Um, maybe not like, I'm not saying like it's season ending, but they'll need Charbonnet for a game or two, you know, down the stretch, but still such high draft capital. 
Yeah, really disappointing. Um, you know, I will say also, I've been disappointed about uh, the Bears are a, a dumpster at this point. But like, man, they don't have really elite running backs. Like Roshan Johnson, like you know, I, people were, were hyped up about him, and I didn't get that because he's just a he's not great anyway. But a- for for him to do what he's he's done at this point, um, and only have you know less than 150 yards total in a situation where like he should be able to climb that really, really weak, 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 weak depth chart um, and just hasn't. So uh, I think that probably stays the same. I don't I don't think that uh, um, he reaches the hype that, uh, you know, hey, he's going to be that one day three guy that we get excited yeah. about. And it's, it just isn't looking like that's going to be the case. But anyway, let's talk about somebody to get excited about. You mentioned Stan Laporta because I'm excited. I can't remember. I wish I remembered – uh, my bold take or whatever, or whatever it was like in the off season, uh, about like where, where he was going to be yardage wise. Um, cause I said he was going to like have over 800 or something. I think it was 800 receiving yards or something like that. Um, and that might be too low at this point. Uh, cause he's, he's looking absolutely like one of the best tight ends in the league already. Uh, yeah, I mean, was, he had 11 targets last week, and I mean, he's up to 22 targets on the year. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Uh, his yardage prop, which teaser, this will be a best bet on the show tonight, is 42 and a half yards against the Packers. Like, yes, please. So <laughs> he's already hit that in two of three games, and week one he missed it by three yards. So, like, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. Yeah, so uh, definitely can't can't complain there. Uh, so I'd love to see him. Uh, continue to kind of kill it um and man it's got to feel like how freeing must that be to move from the iowa offense to <laughs> being surrounded yeah. by actual nfl players in a scheme that's not terrible you know yeah. like the, amazing that can average you know maybe more than like three it's yards almost worth it's but, almost worth going to iowa to become a tight end just so you can get drafted and then have fun yeah I mean, College is gonna suck. Gonna you're gonna be, have no fun. It's gonna be terrible. But then <laughs> your only friends are are, uh, are are corn on the cob, um, mm-hmm. like yeah. cornfields. Like there's nothing yeah. in Iowa at all. Like and there was a legit uh, uh, billboard as you entered the state that used to say, uh, "Welcome to Iowa. Hope you brought something to do." <laughs> That's fantastic. So, uh, but yeah, so yeah, Laporta just killing it, and it looks like. Um, I mean, this year he's like been what tied in one ish. Uh, so yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case. But t- you know, top three, top five tied in project projection ex- expected for me, just nonstop for the next ten years. Sign me up. And and I you think know what? I think we it, both had him ahead of Dalton Kincaid too coming in like yeah. after the draft. Oh yeah, yeah him. And I I thought Mayer would actually be a little bit more involved as well. But yeah, Laporta was kind of like the tight end one, given the opportunity uh, just to come in and be the. But that wasn't one. But that wasn't for everyone. Not like most other places I was listening to, they had Kincaid number one in that Bills offense. But you yeah. and I, I think, were on on the Porta. And listen, Kincaid could could still hit. I mean, he did have six targets week two, but then last week in what could have been a pretty favorable matchup, he he only had two receptions for three yards on two targets. So yeah. definitely disappointing. We've seen Dawson Knox super involved when he's been healthy. Um, mm-hmm. maybe as the season goes on, those targets transfer over to Kincaid, but I think they just like Knox in those situations. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think you and I had some concerns with Knox just because of how 
how things came to be for him in college. I mean, just kind of going back a little bit there, the only reason he even had the season that he had and that he went off uh, in his final year was because Brent Keithy who's uh, still injured down, by the way, who's still injured now. Um, yeah. It went down with injury because uh, he was supposed to be the dude. And even the year prior yeah. was still the dude ahead of uh, in, in terms of targets and, and workload overall uh, ahead of Kincaid. Um, and Keithy's not a prototypical pro like tight end. Like he's too short, like he's like six, two ish. So he's not going to have the same projection as Kincaid. Uh, but like he was the only receiving option that was not absolutely horrible uh, last year. So he had a bunch of, you know, targets just shoveled his way and made a bunch of really solid contested catches as tight ends can. Uh, but yeah. he made all those contested catches because he'd never ever actually separated for the most part. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah. So that's, that's coming to, uh, that's looking like that's still the case now. Like, I think he's going to have a, a solid contested catch rate because he's really good at that. He's got great ball skills. Like, there's a reason he was an early draft pick. But at the same time, I think we need to be prepared to have a way lower ceiling for Kincaid than uh, uh, many originally expected. Yeah, totally agree. And that's kind of consistent to what we thought. And hopefully, I mean, actually, no, I don't want him to surprise me and become the tight end one. <laughs> I like being right. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> it's just... Like Laporte is just gonna be. Let's just lock it in. Top top three tied in for the next fifteen years. Fifteen years. Let's call it. Let's just go. go yeah, with it. yeah, done. Yeah, he is what I, we I, hope I, Kyle Pitts would be. I mean, there are several chats that I'm in this were like, so Sam Laporta over Kyle Pitts at this point, right? And I was like, mm, yeah, uh. actually, yes, actually, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, um, yeah. given that Kyle Pitts is like uh, catchable target rate, it's like. In the 50 and Atlanta's gonna win like, just, just too horrible. many games and not get Caleb Williams. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so cool. any anything else you want to talk about before we take off? No, this has been good. Just breaking down these rookies. We'll be back with some 2024 uh mock draft goodness here soon. Uh breaking down a bunch of players going off this year in college football and the ones that have been doing it for a while. Safe projections to be first rounders, you know, players that are rising up and might be in the second round or so. Uh, or on that borderline of your rookie drafts next spring. Uh, but until next time, enjoy football season, and we'll see you on another College to Kenton podcast here soon. <laughs>